Hey, Stu, your rent's due, motherfucker. Hey, Aries, you heard about that new uh, podcast app called Anchor? I sure did, Andy. Guess what? It's time to pay some bills. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. And they have tons of creation tools that allow you to record and edit your own podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. And we know you know about that money, Jew boy. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. So go download your Anchor app now for free, or you can go to anchor.fm to get started today. Can you feel it, baby? That money? Yeah. And don't be pulling that falling down the stairs shit on me, you hear? Oh, I got a live one here. That George, the George Bush thing, he was accused of being inappropriate sexually. The keys to being inappropriate? No, he's being accused. George, George. Bush, the senior, the the older, the old, the original. Everybody's being accused of yeah, being everybody sexually. Um, this George Bush, in a which wheel- if you are rightly so, but yeah, it just seems like <clears throat> tis the season uh, for people to come out of the woodwork uh, forty years later uh, in abundance uh, with with claims, man. Uh, it's the new, uh, I was going to say, I had it, um, yeah, I forgot what it was, that diet, that diet everybody did for a while. Like, uh, what was it, Atkins? Or Atkins, what? yeah. Oh. That's, it's Atkins, it's Atkins of sexual abuse. And like you said, not that if you actually are someone who's really been abused, but they were accusing George Bush, the, the George Bush, not W, the, mm-hmm. the original, um, I don't know how old he is, he's in a wheelchair, and they said he, they grabbed his butt, and no one made a big deal out of it, this guy doesn't have all his faculties anymore and he made a joke but he but you know when you grab ass you know what you're doing that's, he grabbed a woman's ass right yeah, at that age yeah, I don't, he knows what he's doing he knows what he's doing but that's not the that's not the dude that's not the that's not the president that's in that brain anymore occupying that same brain space maybe part of the time it is but mm. he made a joke just say, just tell me is if you, barbara bush alive still yeah yeah because they said that she rolled her eyes just <laughs> when he did it but, but they tell people not to get close to him because they know he's going to do this right uh, but he said, this is the joke. And tell me if you think the president of the United States actually got away with saying this while he was president or when this old man. He said, uh, he said, do you know my favorite, uh, who my favorite magician is? He did, cop, copper. David Copperfield. Copperfield. Dave, yeah, yeah. You know he wasn't doing that when he was in the Oval Office. Of that course was, not. This I, is an old, and so now people are accusing this. Well, And they said, well, this is well, past I, behavior. Three years ago, he's been. Well, he, he like m- most people, uh that probably do things you shouldn't do, have the decency to try to hide it. Well, Whereas, you know, Trump is, give me the pussy it, to your face. All he ever said, okay, this is the thing with Trump, and I, and I you know, I find myself defending him because I, I don't want to defend this dude, but I don't like how things get said. I mean, if you want to, if we're going to, he's not a good man, but if we're going to, if we're going to fuck with him, let's be honest about it. What he said is, these women in Hollywood, you can walk right up to him and grab him by the pussy. He didn't say he grabbed him. He said you could. I'm not saying that he hasn't. Right. I'm sure that he has. Right. And I shouldn't even say I'm sure that he has. I would assume that he has. Let me put it that way. Right. But he never said it, and he was on a bus with, uh, with someone who was goading him into saying things with that uh, Billy Bush. Yeah. And Billy Bush and, – and it's so – it's so obvious that there's more to this because they never released the tapes. NBC never released well, look, let, all those let's tapes. Let's be honest. Let's be real. Uh, fame and celebrity uh, and money and power come with those things. There are dudes that can go grab women by the pussy. Yeah. Um, but right now, but, but but again, a lot of t- those people aren't running for president of the United States. But he wasn't. That was 11 years before he ever ran for president. And I'm not giving him a pass. I'm just saying one of the things that I liked about. Uh, this dude, uh, Trump, not that I liked about him as my president, but one of the things that I liked about him is that he wasn't a politician and we knew everything about him. Look, here's the, I think here's what makes it so bad for Trump is the fact that he's just so overly grotesque in everything that he's that he does. He believes his personality. If 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 you if George Clooney was caught on some tape saying you can grab women by the pussy, 
I don't think anybody would think twice because one, George Clooney is a super good looking dude. Um, he, and, but his personality and his background story doesn't scream asshole. Right. You know, he, he seems like a legit, from what we know, a legit good dude who, let's be honest, is very attractive to women and, and is good looking. And most women would fall over themselves trying to run to get to him uh, so that they can have their pussies grabbed. But when you look at Donald Trump's history, you know, calling women pigs and misogynistic and uh, a narcissist and a racist and uh, that dirt doesn't make it, it makes it hard for you to look the other way. I, I agree. But I mean, let's quote him correctly for what he, what he says. That's all I'm saying. Because um, they were quoting, there's another thing that happened is kind of scandalous, but they're kind of letting it kind of go more by the wayside where Jake Tapper was confused. Uh, um, they, they they quoted him as saying some uh, Alo Akbar, which means uh, praise be to God. Mm-hmm. I think that's how I think that's the actual. Uh, uh, he said uh, he, he said it's also used in in, in positive ways. It's, I don't I don't know his. I'm paraphrasing it. It's like at a wedding or something that you would say that, and they misquoted him as he was saying it as that guy was running people over. He was saying it in a positive way, and they misquoted him. They tried to make him look bad, and that went away. But there's a lot of quotes like the when he said, uh, he said uh, Mexicans are rapists and, uh, and and drug dealers. Right. That's not what he said. He said what's coming over the border, and then he said something else. And then in, in that same phrase, it was taken out of context. He said. They're, they're drug dealers, they're rapists. He was talking about people that are coming over illegally. Yeah, but you know to, what? Listen, but I, he's we, still we, misquoted. We, we know, we know, from a technical standpoint. I know what, what you're saying, but when it comes from him, you can read between the lines. You feel the racism you, coming you, out you, of him. Yeah, I'm, even even if even if and look, if somebody is misquoted, that's not a good thing because you know words are important and context is important. But it's like you know, if you if you tell me. Good morning. I know you mean good morning, but depending on how you say good morning, right? You don't really mean good morning. I get that. You know what I'm saying? It, but, with Trump, there's a lot of I'm gonna say what's try to say what's right. Technically, I don't even think he does but, that. No, he doesn't do it well at all because I think it hurts him to have to tiptoe, which is why he is who he is. But I, I think that to try to cover his ass a little bit, he he, he wants to, to make the attempt at trying to say and do the right thing. But if you clearly read between the lines, it's just not naturally who he is. No, but all I'm, all I'm asking is that we quote everybody correctly. Everybody, nobody. I mean, I don't care. We can destroy it. it, it Trump. If we need to destroy Trump, we'll destroy destroy him. He I'm destroys saying, himself. We don't need I'm to just destroy saying, him. Quote it correctly. That's all I'm saying for any of this stuff. Okay, so even if you quoted it correctly, again, that doesn't erase the 9,000 other things that we know he's done that's wrong and fucked up and that's not misquoted, that's terrible. So that's why I'm saying when you go grab him by the pussy, if it was just grab him by the pussy and the rest of your slate was clean. It would be a different story. It would be a different story. But when it's grab him by the pussy combined with all the other 80,000 things that you said that's fucked up. Yeah, it's hard to look no, the other way. And I know because when you say drug dealers and rapists and you and you hear that and if you take it out of context it sounds horrible, but if you put it in context then it doesn't sound as bad, but then if you take the part where he didn't ever apologize to innocent people who were almost convicted of murder, right, the Central Park 5. Yeah. And he doesn't and he doesn't ever backtrack and on he it. Call, and he called yeah, he all, he called for their deaths. And then didn't when when it came out he never didn't. apologized. So that's that that's why you know his true feelings. So but I still want him quoted correctly because when we take him down, I want it to be for the proper I want it just to go down the right way. That's all. I want it to be this feels like uh Mississippi burning with Gene Hackman and Willem Dafoe, where you're Willem Dafoe and you want to take these guys down by the book, yeah, and I'm Gene Hackman, and I want to take him down. We both want to take him down. Anyway, but you want to do it by the book. Yeah, I want to do it anyway, anyway necessary. necessary. Yeah, so. <laughs> yeah, but no, that's it. I, that's that's exactly how I want him to go down because I just feel like it's gonna be it's gonna be easy to take him down that way, and you're gonna have, and everybody's gonna agree. No one's gonna be able. To, there's gonna be uh, there's gonna be that twenty two percent. I don't I don't think it'll be easy to take him down that way. I, I don't think there's gonna be anything easy about it. I think if He's going to be taken down. It will. It will. It will be, or will, it will have been, by his own doing. Something that he's either going to do, or something that he's already done that finally comes to the light. 
Well, we'll, we'll see. They're, they're working Fingers on it. Fingers crossed, baby. They're, they're, they're working on it right now. So I, I know we weren't even intending to get into this conversation. It just happened. But, well, uh, you, you touched upon uh, Bush with the, with yeah. the sexual assault. But, but uh, and the other th- I, I can't believe Kevin Spacey. Oh, I, I can believe it. I've heard, I mean, I've heard about that for a long time. That's a that's a tough way to go. Right yeah, there. I never even really knew anything about Kevin Spacey until it, you know it all came out. I, and I, I told you last night. I saw the one Family Guy clip on on uh, Twitter, and I you know I'm a religious. I watch Family Guy religiously, but I, I I have you know I hadn't seen this one where Stewie's running through a mall butt naked and he's screaming, "Oh my God, someone help me! I just left Kevin Spacey's basement." <laughs> and, and and I just I, like if I I wouldn't have known what that meant. I would have thought that was a weird thing to say if I hadn't known the, the controversy. And again, the fact that he came out as gay uh, that wasn't a shock. You know, it was like okay, yeah, welcome to the party. Finally, yeah. Like we all knew that. Mm-hmm. Um, but this thing is apparently serious, man. Because I talked to my my manager and he told me I, I asked him. I said, Yo, you you you. Is Kevin done? Is he fucking done? House of Cards, let him go. He was making seven hundred and fifty thousand an episode. And that's and, insane. And they were trying to sneak that one more season in, even though this came out. They were trying to go. Well, we've already had this other season. It was written. It was planned. We're right. going to film, but we're going to cancel it after this next season. They weren't yeah. going to go forward. And then that the more came out, more people came out, and that that ended. So if he gets arrested, over. if he gets arrested. Uh, Brad Pitt and Morgan Freeman should arrest him and drive him to the station so he can sit in the back of the squad car and do that scene with Kevin. How ironic is it that he's created? I don't. I don't know if it's one of the seven deadly sins, but if if it is, that is irony for your ass that he played a guy who killed people for committing sins, and now he's in trouble for sin. For sin. And 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 Morgan. That, and that is by by far one of the greatest moments. Uh, that scene, between, that exchange between him and Brad Pitt, and the way it escalates—it's great—and and the way they cut to Morgan, not really saying much of anything, but his facial expression—that is one of the best performed as a movie fan. That moment, I could watch that scene a thousand. Sit back, sit back, and shut your mouth, you fucking freak. You know, Messiah, you're a, you're a, you're a movie of the week, a fucking t-shirt at best. Oh my god. That was very cocky in the movie. It's oh. just the way and the way it was put together, and I, and the way that the, the, that whole movie seven is one of the best movies ever to me. But just from beginning to end, and the way that that movie that that you just don't see it coming. That ending with her head in the box, you don't see it coming. And when it comes, you're like, oh, and then you want Pitt to shoot this motherfucker. Because that's what you feel like doing. And then he shoots him. And that makes you feel satisfied. That whole performance. Jesus Christ. You know, though, I was, not to take away from what you're saying, but I was, what you said, you want him to, to shoot him. Yeah. You know, in the 70s, when uh, Clint Eastwood, Dirty Harry came out, that was the first movie where the, the good guy actually served justice to the bad guys. That's what the, like, the right. first time I remember. Well, in the 70s, everything went. In, in the 70s, there used to be a golden age where, I'm telling you, if I could come back and if I could do life again and if once you die, you could pick what era, decade you wanted to come back in, I would pick the 70s. I mean, the clothes were funky, but between the music, the drugs, AIDS, free sex, how could you not? The music, that motherfuckers went to <clears throat> a games and you could smoke in the arena in your seat. You yeah. could go on a talk show and do Johnny Carson and have a cigarette. I would come back a little earlier, but I'm white, so yeah, I could, so I I could come, come back. Yeah, yeah, I can't yeah, come yeah. back with you. Come back a little earlier, so yeah. I could still play basketball when it was in between. You know, before. So you want to play during the black and white era? The black and white, oh, just before, just as it's turning. Like, so it's, you don't want no niggas? No, no, I want. I, I I couldn't play the game. I couldn't keep. Oh, up. I mean, if I had to keep my skill set that I have right yeah. now. Oh, you could play in that era. I could play in that era. Oh, okay, right, right. You right. know what I mean? Just, just, just body real low, dribbling, dribbling, you super know, low. layups, layups. Okay, layups. You know, no. Before the game got great. Just maybe, maybe you know, come in so that at the end of my career I could have the three point line, so I could just <laughs> that would be perfect timing for yeah. me, so I could get what I want out of right. life would be playing basketball. Yeah, I, I just. Uh, man, that Kevin Spacey news. Um, wow, I I want to I want to I want to. There's something else I want to say about that. 
Well, let me ask I, this I think, question. I think you're going to... Let me ask okay. this question. You think he can bounce back? It's going to be rough to bounce back, and I think he's going to have to be put away for a little while. I think he's going to be... Well, but ultimately, if you had to say yes and no, do you think he can bounce back? It depends on how fast he can disappear. I think this is the, I think this is the most important thing. All these things are coming out. It's how fast they can get him out of the, uh, out of the news, out of the press. Because right. the sooner they can get him out of the press... Right. And the whole thing die, dies. The longer it stays in the press, the longer that thing lives. And the listen, sink on it is longer. And, and I think that if he, if he, if there is no bouncing back, the obvious reason would be because anytime when you talk about sexual assault, anything, it's the most horrific thing, right? But when there's a kid involved, yeah, that's when you've sealed your fate. I think permanently. Not saying that your fate can't be sealed if it's done to a woman or an adult be it man or woman because uh, it's still heinous heinous shit but kids are just yeah pedophile it's the a, word. Are precious even, they, it's even in prison i mean yeah. in prison though there's, there's prison rules you're yeah. taken out if you're a pedophile yeah you, you could kill your wife right i mean you could do any kind of thing but in, but and you could survive in prison but yeah, murderers you, go man you fucked up you fucking kid yeah. i killed 18 motherfuckers in a mall but kids, you 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 foul. You go, yeah, you yeah. got to go. It, it, so it does. It takes it takes on another level when it's uh... yeah. The fact that cats bounce back from a lot of shit because it's almost like you you now I think in today's age you can damn near bounce back from anything. And, and again, I I don't I don't I don't mean to steer this racially, but I have to to some degree because I think that term white privilege fits this. I'm about, we about to give the award to Mel Gibson for the greatest. White privilege bounce back, and this is and this is why I say for those of you who don't think that white privilege exists, here's my example: black actor by the name of Isaiah Washington. Uh, what's that hospital show he was on? Uh, Grey's Anatomy. Grey's Anatomy. Now, prior to this show, Isaiah Washington is one of was was well, he still is. He just is an incredible actor and would work all the time. One of Hollywood's go to guys for 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 black dudes to get work Now this dude had one moment where he called his co-star Patrick Dempsey the F-bomb called him a faggot he ain't worked since career gone here you got Mel Gibson the trifecta of fucked up shit to say we got pulled over and went on a rant where he shitted on Jews, the people that run this fucking game, the people that sign your checks. Keep going on right? it. He had that. Then the tape where he's cursing out his girlfriend, calls her the C-bomb, cunt. The most heinous thing you can call a woman. Call a bitch, call a hoe, call a trick. But cunt is like the N-word for women. Then on that same tape, says, I hope you get raped by a pack of niggas. Now, the most heinous thing you can call a black person. So, shit it on the Jews. Call the woman the worst thing you can call her, cunt. Call black people the worst thing you can call them, niggas. Jews, cunts, niggas. Call the police a police officer, sweet tits at the same time. Sweet tits is nothing yeah, but it, to But it was three. the police, he didn't care. Oh, that was polite. Okay. Um... But again, the one that really fucks me up is he, sh that's gangster. He shit on the people that run the game. The motherfuckers that run the game, right? So there's that. There's cunt and there's pack of niggas. Now he's starring in Daddy's 2. Yeah. With two A list top notch dudes, Mark Wahlberg and uh, Will Farrell. Yeah. yeah. Isaiah Washington ain't worked since. And then he just dropped one word to one dude who wasn't even gay. Wasn't even gay. If you're not gay and I call you a faggot, that definitely should have no sting to you. Because you know you're not gay. It'd be different if he called a faggot an actual faggot. And I'm saying that jokingly as we talk about this because I know motherfuckers will run with that. Uh, you know, just like black people call each other niggas. I wonder if gay people call each other faggots. Like, like yeah. yeah. Boy, go ahead with your faggot ass. But I don't want to get off track. My point is, if you, if you were Mexican, if you were whatever, and I called you a nigga and you ain't a nigga, why would that bother you? You know what I mean? I can understand if you were that. 
Like, I mean, if it, if a white person was to say, hey, nigga, to me, of course it would stink because of the history of the word. But if a black person said to me, nigga, if a, if a, if, if, if a gay person called me a fag and I'm not gay, why would that have any sting to me? But again, Isaiah Washington said one word to one dude, career over. Mel, the trifecta, Jews, cunts, niggas. He's starring in a major movie. White privilege don't exist? I, not, not, now you're going to let me do it? You're going to yeah, let me? I'm, yeah. I asked you the question. I'm not saying that white, white, man. white privilege definitely exists, and, and, I, and I know where you're going with this, but that is a smaller part of this story that you just gave. Because Isaiah, first of all, he, it wasn't the only time. There was many times that he had a problem with the, there was a gay actor on the show. And he liked to stress that. He liked to. And there, there was many talks about him saying things about this. And here's where it goes. This is the truth of. of I've never Hollywood. heard any of that, but go ahead. Okay. This is the truth of Hollywood. You said the Jews run this. The gay mafias run in Hollywood right now. And that's why he hasn't worked. Now, I don't mean to cut you off, but I don't want to lose my, my point. So back to Kevin Spacey. So the Jews run this and gays run this. Gays are running gays it right now. Gays and men. 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 Yeah. Men. Now, Kevin Spacey is a white gay man. He's coming back. That's what I'm saying. I'm not when does the official countdown to Kevin Spacey's He's already back? in sexual therapy. They already in, He already re- enrolled in some sexual therapy. So it, as soon as they can get this out and fucking give him the scrub down, he's coming back. But that's why he's not working. Mel Gibson, the only reason Mel Gibson is, is still working, he went away for a while. I mean, he, he funded his own movie. Uh, the, the Apocalypse, the movie, right? Was it? Was it, was it the Apocalypse? Or what was it called? The, 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 uh, I know what you're talking about, but yeah, yeah, yeah. He got back in, and he slowly entered back in here, and he was forgiven because he was he was drunk. He's okay. Let me let me put it. Let me let me flip this just a little bit too. And he's a good looking dude who still draws people to the movies. If he was an ugly dude, if he was me, and I Mel said Gibson? that, yeah, if I said that kind of shit. Well, Mel, Mel, Mel <laughs> School of Patrice. Whenever I got to re- refer to something. Great. I say School of Patrice. When he was on Opie and Anthony, when they were talking about the Mel Gibson thing in the tape, he, one of the things that Patrice said was how, Mel, how good-looking Mel Gibson used to be. Yeah. He goes, his Mad Max days, his head of hair, that was a good-looking dude. You look at Mel Gibson now, he said his hair, something like old mattress fur <laughs> or, or, or something like that, something to do with bedding. So, but I don't think the, the good-looking part... Listen, he's Mel, still getting Mel, residuals Mel, off Mel his good Gibson looking. Makes a lot of people money. Yeah, that's it. And when you make people money, yeah, they don't want the gravy train to stop. But I'm saying, I doubt very seriously that if a black actor disrespected the people that run the game, and then followed by a cunt and faggot, good luck, dude. All I'm going to say is, and this has been this has been said to me by other people, if you fuck with the gay mafia in Hollywood, you're not working. It's not about the Jews. It's the gay mafia. You fuck with those dudes because they're everywhere in Hollywood. And not just, not just heads of things, but in all aspects of Hollywood. And, I, and I'm not saying this positive or negative. I'm not trying to fuck with any gay mafia members. I'm just trying to say what's out there, and that's it. If you fuck with the gay mafia, you're not working. That's why people, comics, have removed gay material from their acts because they weren't getting work because they were fucking with the gay mafia. Well, listen, man, there's, there's a little bit of a, of a bullshit, hypocritical thing going on because how many times have we seen movies or television shows where references to things go to, oh, that's gay. Dude, that's gay. Oh, in a movie, a comedy you see two dudes interact physically, emotionally in some way, and it's either ew or it's funny. Like it's funny to be gay. It's look how silly. Ooh, that's funny. So so I I, I think that gay as as much as people want to stand by protecting what gay is, those same people that want to protect it and do the right thing from a PC standpoint also ridicule it in movies I, I think, and, and as, as though it's comical. I think they make fun of hyperactive maleness. That's what it is. When two guys, when you see those two guys and they're like hugging or wrestling or something like that, and they're like, ooh, that's gay. It's, it's more making fun of the two guys can't do something without 
being afraid of. Uh, I don't think that's because, I think because, it's literally, okay. ooh, two guys. That's okay. period. Okay, then in HBO, HBO, all the movies that HBO has been putting out, including The Sopranos, name me a series that doesn't have a, a gay uh, gay characters in it anymore. And the, and the gay dude in The Sopranos got killed and had shit stuffed in his mouth. For being gay, he still it was a whole big gay but, thing. But it, but it, but it, 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 make was, a it wasn't like it was being celebrated. Dude, can you imagine any other mafia Italian man movie that would enter gay characters like that for but a whole it, but, season? But, but, but it was still an but, arc but, but, of a season. Uh, yeah, but it wasn't a fictional thing. I'm sure there are. Listen, there are gay people in all aspects of life. I'm sure there are gay gang members, gay gay athletes, gay mafia people. It's it's like Tony Soprano said in that in that episode. Oh come on, let's not all act like Vito was the first. So I get that, right? But what I'm saying to your to your point is, you're making it seem like they did something that was daring. Yeah, it was daring, but it was also the truth. It wasn't like they were doing a daring thing that was fictional. But that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying right now, in every one. In every movie that they do, they have, a, they have two, they have introduced gay characters into every show because it's part of what they want right, on the but agenda. What I'm saying is, it's never, it never seems to be, unless it's like a Will of Grace or there's very, I, to me, it seems like any time that's introduced, it's either looked at in two ways: either ill, as though there's something wrong with it, or ha ha, like making fun of it because. It's it's not normal. If it, if it was if it was supposed to be deemed as normal, why is it why does it need to be made fun of? If it's normal, there's no need to make fun of it. I think they're making. And I don't think that's where the fun. I, I, I especially even the movies that are. You have you haven't been keeping up with the Deuce. The Deuce. No, I haven't. I haven't. Uh, yeah. You're gonna see. You're gonna see a definitely different perspective of the '70s. Not only not making fun of it, but also showing, making sure that in a glaring way how behind that time was and how we're coming into a new time when <coughs> everything's different and i'm listen and this is not i'm not pro this is not being pro or against being gay or gays in movies or anything not, not by any means and I, and I don't i hope you know everything with me is looked at through a fucking microscope so i'm not saying uh i'm just saying that i'm not anti-gay i'm just i'm just pointing out that it seems like there's a there's a there's a hypocrisy uh where people want to say hey you know this is okay but then in, in Hollywood, if it's supposed to be so okay, why is it either looked at as ill or hilarious? I, I, I just know that the Hollywood direction right now is, is to really put a positive spin on gay characters in the shows to really show that this, isn't, this is normal. And, and mm -hmm. it is normal life. I'm not saying that it's not normal life, but it wasn't, it wasn't introduced into shows like it is right now. Right. And, and it's almost in every single show. No problem with it. Just saying that it, there's an agenda. There mm -hmm. is, there is a, rumor has it that there is a gay mafia in Hollywood, and that's right. how shit's going down right now. And that's why Kevin Spacey will come back. That's why you're, uh, what's the actor you just said? Isaiah Washington. That's why he ain't coming back. Because he not only, from what I heard, he went out of his way to make a point that he can say whatever the fuck he wants to about right. it. So... I think that's more of the career-ending situation. Yeah, I don't know. I, it, it's you know, I don't want to put anybody's business out there, uh, but very, very funny. One of my top favorite comedians, um, black dude, reportedly had a cocaine problem, and it seemed like it it may have affected his career. And for this man's level of talent, there's no way he should not be. One of the top dudes in the comedy game. Dr drugs but, shouldn't be affecting people. Okay, but again, it, for some reason, his career hasn't. Based on his level of talent, this man should be bigger than he is, and it seems like that that may have played a part. Now, maybe something else played a part, and I just don't know. But I, when it was rumored or or it was said that this person had a well-known drug problem, it seems like it may have affected it. Whereas we all know once upon a time ago, Robert Downey Jr. had a major drug problem. You know what I'm saying? He woke up reportedly in somebody else's house. Now, th by the grace of God and, you know, hats off to him, he's turned it around. Great. But he had a drug problem. And he's Iron Man. No, and he made a, he made a spectacular comeback. But here's, here's where white privilege does come back up. I'm, I'm going to take Robert Downey Jr. out of it. I'll take all white dudes out of it. 
all white actors I'm going to take out of it for... I read this post, and it was really kind of funny uh, to me because uh, I didn't get into it. It's just one of those Facebook posts where uh, someone, a black dude posted something, and this white dude posted something else, and then somebody else posted, another white dude posted something about, and it sounds so racist, but you're going to have to let me finish or I'm not going to get, or everybody is going to think I'm fucked up. He, he posted that black people are just like white people, but, if, but black people don't have money. And then he, so then everybody started posting a lot of black folks posted, oh, so that's all I needed was money, and then I'd be white. Here's, here's the, where the white privilege comes in. It's not that you would be white if you had money, but you would be right if you had money. Because the problem in Hollywood is, where are the black-owned studios? Where, are the, where, are, where is the second chance for a black actor who falls out of favor? Where's the black studio that's going to pick him up? And take him to the next level. Where are all the black agents that are going to force people to take on a, a, a black dude for a second ch- who needs a second chance in his career? Mm. That's where white privilege is. White people don't understand. White privilege isn't that your life is better than a black person's life uh, for, for on the day-to-day regular. But when, as a white dude, I've never hesitated to call the police right. because I know they're going to come over and fix my situation. I have black friends that I know, they just went, don't call the police, that's not going to help out our situation. That's a form of, of white privilege. Knowing that you have a, if you're in this business that we're in, knowing that I could fuck up in Hollywood and there's some white dudes up at an upper level that are going to be able to pick me up if they choose to, right. that's white privilege. Black privilege, there's no black privilege in that. Yeah, I mean, look. Um, that's where the white privilege comes in, not in. Yeah, and, and this is where we may shoot ourselves in the foot because we've proven, I think, as individuals that we can do great things. You know, despite how you may feel about Tyler Perry in his Medea movies, he's created an empire. That character is, 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 is a brand. And, you know, I just wish, and, and black people, I think, because of slavery and just the way we've been conditioned to think, we have a very crabs-in-a-barrel mentality. And, and, and we are all about, I got mine, I got mine, go get yours. When... It's great that you can go get yours, but if we could ever find a way to come together and form like Voltron and make the ultimate robot, that's 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 what that's what would be huge. And 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 like, you know, I, I saw a great documentary on HBO called Spielberg. So I think it's like an hour and a half it's long. Great, it's you great. watched yeah. it? I watched it. And you know, what was the trio? Him, Katzenberg, Geffen. Yeah, they came together and formed. And DreamWorks uh, Lucas. and Lucas. No, Lucas, no, Lucas, no, Lucas is on his own. Yeah, yeah, you're right. And they formed DreamWorks, this fucking yeah. conglomerate, this empire of a company. And I'm just going, wouldn't it be nice if Oprah, Jordan, Magic, all the very highly successful, rich black individuals were to come together and go, let's make our Paramount Studios, our Sony Studios, where we can produce and distribute our movies, our stories. And that that has yet to be done. Oh. And and I don't think that it ever will be done because again, we just not, we're just not conditioned to think like that. Let me tell you, if it wasn't for Adam Sandler, I don't know that Rob Schneider would have a career. I don't know that Spade would work because Rob uh, Adam keeps these dudes in his movies. Yeah. And I I sit up and I go Where's the movie starring Chris Rock and Dave Chappelle and Jamie Foxx together? Which is Where's the ensemble comedy starring Chris Tucker and Cat Williams and who, who like five or six of the top black comics working together? Where's the where are the TV shows produced where you know but produced you, by Will Smith, produced by whoever with black cast? We just don't do it. But you don't even – that, that's the other thing. You don't even need an ensemble piece like that. You need one black dude who's hitting the top right now, and then he pulls around four or five guys that aren't working hard, that aren't getting that, that job, that aren't, aren't working every day. Right. And that's, that's how this has always worked. Listen, Jews have been doing this for thousands of years. We hadn't had a homeland. We were running around all through Egypt. We were thrown through the desert. Our culture has always kept Jews working together and bringing up other Jews. Not so much all, today. Listen, every race but the black race. Because culturally it wasn't. But, you, but the other side of this is, and I'm going to sound like an asshole saying this thing. How, how, how many years are we away from the civil rights movement of the 60s? Where are we right now? 
I'm almost what? 40, 60, 40, 50, 60, 65 years? Right. Is that enough time to make that happen, though? Which, which, what you want to make ha- what you want to have happen, you can make happen if you want it bad enough. You can, enough. but I'm just saying culturally, it hasn't developed that way because it hasn't the t- the, the span of time. Honestly, I under- I understand. I don't think that has anything. I, to I do think with it has it. a lot to do. We're talking about Jews have been running around together for thousands of years. We're talking about everybody. Everybody's culture came over together as a culture. The What's Italians that came cartoon over? back in the day? And you're like me. You're old enough to remember. What was the cartoon back in the day about the rich duck who had the big oh, um, safe where he kept all his gold? It looked like, uh, I don't remember his name, but I know which one. Scrooge, Scrooge the Duck. Scro- something like Scrooge that. Scrooge the Duck? Yeah, black people have this mentality. I'm telling you where it's like, we're that duck, and we got a vault full of gold, and we put as much of it in our arms as we can and go, mine, 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 mine. And we don't want nobody to touch our gold. When it's just like, if we just work together... We could have ten times the amount of Didn't gold. Didn't Oprah open up the door for Tyler Perry? Great. That's wonderful. But that's part of this build that I'm talking about. I know, but open it. Okay, look, I'm not trying to say that's great progress. But why not bigger? Why not? This should have been done. This should have been done. But it's happening now. Magic Johnson just bought, the, bought uh, in a big group, bought uh, the Dodgers. I mean, it's, it, takes, it takes something. Because the blacks didn't come over here with something everything that they had was taken away and left behind italians came over with italians uh, irish came over with the Ita- irish the mexicans come over with Me- they the indians are great they come over here indians open up their stores they all break it you, you didn't have that you were it was all of a sudden you were there with nothing and you had to start over and that's why i told you in that last one what you have to what black culture has developed is the first american culture and this culture is slowly as you watch it taking over all of America, where, like you said, white kids love rap. White kids want to be black. No, they just want to be American. This is what the American culture is being. And, and rap is American. Yeah, it's, yeah. A, it's a true... Black is American. Yeah, it's American because this is the only culture that's developed here on well, this Well, here's ground. what... Here's, and, and to any white parents out there that have white kids that act black, talk black, have that black swag, I know that makes you guys panic, but don't, don't, don't let that fuck with you because what white kids don't understand is just, yes, it's cool to be black. But it's advantageous to be white. So as soon as they be getting old enough to understand that, they'll snap out of that bullshit. Uh, let's get to the list because I'm looking at the time. Okay. And we got. Don't forget, good- I want to play that bull. Remember Bullworth, the movie Bullworth. Yeah. The, that's kind of. I think that's. It's a weird time, but we're kind of getting to that point where we're just all together. Yeah. I, I, I know people think this is the, the most divided time we've ever been. But mm-hmm. I think this is the last ditch of this old mentality. Right. And as, as the ship goes down, you hear more and more screams. Right. And I think this is the last of that racist thing screaming. I, that's what I hope. So I you hope. think the racist ship is going down? I think the racist ship is going down. All these, this is their last ditch effort. <laughs> this is the Donald Trump. This is the whole thing. This is come on. Right. And you just hear them screaming. And, right. this, and you hear the rest of the country go, and what is going on? This, this isn't what we're about. Right, right. And I think it's changing as we sit here. That's what I think, but I'm a non-practicing Jew <laughs> who ain't getting any work in Hollywood. <laughs> so what do I know? All right. So we left off at 59, which was Gilbert Godfrey. Right. You had your own stuff on that one. Um, 58. It's interesting to me. Uh, Larry Miller. Larry Miller. Larry. Uh, is he a stand-up? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I've never seen his stand-up, man. Um, I think his stand-up is... Uh, Funny he, in movies. Yeah. And he always plays that swarmy... Yeah, you know, a little bit of an asshole. He was. He got the big break in uh, uh, the the Hooker movie. Then we're uh, she's uh, why can't I remember? Pretty her? woman. Pretty woman. Yeah. Oh, okay. That was he was the uh, sales manager. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. He's in a lot of comedies and he's yeah. a funny dude. Knows. Yeah, and he was in the Seinfeld. He was he was up for the original part of George. Is that right? Yeah. And he he. Oh wow. Yeah. He was he was one of uh, Seinfeld's best friends. Anyway. Uh, yeah, I don't know that I don't know that I put him on my I don't know that I put him up that high. But let's go on 57 Richard Jenny. Oh man. That's a tough Funny one motherfucker. So many people that are listening who would listen to this podcast right. don't even know who he is. Uh and it's unfortunate he took his own life. Um but uh in the oddest of odd ways. Dude, yeah, I, I, how did he do it? He killed himself, but he kissed his wife goodbye. She put her in the car, she drove away and then he went he acted like everything was normal and then went into his room. Well, yeah, he, he uh that was a funny dude, man. I think it was back in the 
maybe late 80, 80s, early yeah. 90s. He was kind of king, man. Well, he Some would, of his specials, dude. He was what was what, like the equivalent of what Seinfeld was. And people didn't understand why he wasn't getting that break. He especially didn't understand why he wasn't getting that break. <coughs> right. But that was Hollywood. Now, uh, you got anything else on him before I go on the next one? Because the next no. one's one of my, like, I love this dude, Colin Quinn. Oh, yeah, man. He's, uh, him and Patrice, uh, it was said that Patrice had the greatest amount of respect for Colin because Colin would just give it to you straight. And he could be just as edgy and razor sharp as, as Patrice, man. Uh, I definitely think he should. Oh, I didn't ask Richard Jennings. Do you think he should be higher on that list than 57? A little bit. And I think Colin Quinn should be much higher. But he, because he really affects New York comedy. He affects, he, you know, right. he, he, no matter what you see when you see him, but he affects all of New York comedy, like right. Attell does. Attell, him, they really affect New York comedy. Yeah. Um, I saw him at uh, Black, uh, is it Black Cat, Pussycat, or something like that? I saw. I got a five dollar ticket, and I got to go see him sit right in the front. It only holds like forty right. people. It was it was great. Um, number fifty five is Alan King. Uh, never really dove into Alan King enough to really have a strong take. Or he was like the godfather of comedy way back when in like the sixties. Yeah, but didn't he stop at a certain point? Yeah, just, yeah. So I don't know. Uh, I think he's great, but I, I I wouldn't put I would have him under fifty five just right. because uh maybe just because of my. Uh, relationship and time with him but 54 dl hughley my man just we just flew back together last week uh as i caught my connection in uh charlotte he was on the flight because he was coming back from new york um and you know he's a good brother too man because you know i i was kind of going through some shit recently and he was one of the people that reached out you know um which really made me go wow you know because i think sometimes people say they got your back and they say they're in your corner, but then when it's time for them to prove it, you know, they got shit to do. Um, and he really extended his hand to me. Uh, so I'm grateful for that. And uh, listen, I always said DL, I particularly love watching him on uh, real time with Bill Maher. That motherfucker is sharp politically. Yeah. Uh, he's just a sharp dude, period. So I got a lot of respect for DL, man. Um, I don't. I've never really had any interaction with him, but the, what what I have had is uh, my good, a good friend of mine from the comedy scene in Phoenix yeah. is Brian Ritchie. Brian Ritchie was his own opener for a couple years, I think, mm -hmm. and uh, treated Brian so well. And Brian had some issues that Brian went through, and DL was always there for him. Mm -hmm. I just thought it was great, and I thought he was really good to him. And then the way that he closed out the uh, the Def Jam Music Awards, and, and I, I got to see that. Oh. The, 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 the comedy thing, yeah, the special, yeah. I got to see that, man. Dude, the way he closed it out with Chappelle, oh. And and let me tell you, man. Um, you talk about certain certain levels to comedy and certain tricks to the trade. Like you know, again, there, you know, there's so many. It's like basketball, you know, in terms of skill set. You know, Michael Jordan had it all. Pass, shoot, dunk, play above the rim, defense, mental, mental, new to court. With comedy, the ability to improvise, do political humor, race humor, destroy a heckler, talk about men and women, impressions, voices. There's so many different tricks to the trade. And one of DL's strongest things was his ability to destroy motherfuckers. And this was when, I remember one time one of my earliest shows in my career I did a concert in Detroit it was me D.L. Hewley uh, Michael Collier and I forget the other brother that was with us but it was funny we all went to the mall and I remember we went to a swap meet and D.L. bought some gold rings but back then I, I really my, my ability to fuck with people was dull to non-existent and I remember saying man two of the dudes in this game who I prefer who dice motherfuckers up and are like the kings of it? D.L. Hewley and Joe Torrey. Oh, really? Joe Torrey? Oh, my God. Joe, eat your ass. But D.L., man, he's one of the dudes that made me go, okay, that's a part of my game I got to sharpen. That boy is a, that boy is a Gensu. That, that's, that nigga, that nigga is a, a steak knife. Oh, just because I, I brought up my friend Brian Ritchie. He was also on Brian Ritchie, my friend. Yeah. He was also on Kevin Hart's Hard in the City 2 mm -hmm. that just came out this last Friday. So he was just on that. So yeah, it, it, since I brought uh, Brian up, I wanted to give him a shout-out. Uh, 53, David Brenner. 
Passed away not too long ago. Yeah. Uh, you remember him? Yeah, I do. Uh, big in the 70s, right? Yeah. Yeah. Don't don't know enough about him. He came from that pack of Jewish comics. Yeah. 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 I, I loved him, but, you know, look who you're talking to here. Oh, DL, though. 54, much higher? Yeah. Much higher. Yeah. I, I'd go with that. David Brenner, 53. I'm okay with that. Mm-hmm. Damon Wayans, 52. Uh, the truth, man. He's the Kim Kardashian of his family. And I mean that in the in the in the way of <laughs> let me explain myself. I, I, I mean in terms of being the most popular one, right? Because um, uh, we know that bitch ain't got no talent. But Damon has the, tons. Their and tons family of talent, has yeah. has talent, but Damon has <clears throat> tons and tons of talent. I just mean in terms of popularity. Yeah, yeah, man. Damon, look, man. He he uh, he broke ground with it, Living Color. And to this day, those characters, Homie the Clown, and the, the Men on Film, memorable. Classic part of my childhood, and he wanted them. Brought, man, he nigga, nigga works. Um, how many shows have Damon had? This motherfucker works. I wish the underground would have stuck because uh, I thought he was going to open up a whole new lane for sketch comedy. You know, doing sketch, which I still believe is an untapped market. Uh, to see a sketch show on a network like HBO or Showtime, where there are no uh, restrictions. Uh, yeah. and, I, and I thought I thought he was fitting to break new ground in a major way, and I to have to felt like I was going to be a part of that. Damn, uh, I regret it didn't work. All right, uh, fifty one. He should be higher too. Oh, Damon should definitely yeah. be higher. Fifty one. Lewis Black. Interesting man. You know, <clears throat> Lewis is interesting to me. I almost wish I could do a Lewis Black impression. I try sometimes, but the only thing I got down is the is the two fingers. Yeah, man. He, he's he's a he's a he's a different cat, man. Strong comic. Yeah. Discovered later, which yeah. makes me happy. It yeah. Makes me feel like I have a shot. Mm-hmm. Um, I really do like him. There was a kind of, his political satire is the, some of the yeah. best. Some yeah. of the best. And again, when we talk about different skill sets, p- political comedy is one of the toughest things to do. He's a master at it, and Bill Bill Maher is a master at it. That's why one of my favorite shows. Again, real time. I watch it all every week because I look at that and I go, "That's just something I take a stab at." And and when I do well with it, I do well with it. But more times than I'd like, I, I crash and burn. Yeah. It, it, that's you, to know politics as thoroughly as those guys know it. It's like trying to understand fucking algebra or or or, or you know uh, Arabic. What I really like about <clears throat> Lewis Black, and I know you brought up uh, real time Bill Maher. Lewis Black does it with no arrogance. Bill Maher has that arrogance about him as he's like he's smarter than you while he's talking about politics. That's the only I, thing I, I know. I feel that on the show. When he's doing his stand-up, it comes off as, as comedy, as a comedian being comical. It does. I don't feel the arrogance, but, but not, I feel the arrogance on the show. Yeah, but not, I, that's why I really like Lewis Black, though. I really do. I think, I think he's 50. I'd move him up with one or two, but I really like him in the middle of there, right. his top 50, because he, he, his career hasn't been... Forever, yeah. but he's yeah. he made an impression on me. F- uh, Fifty on this list, and this is by the way, just so everybody knows, this is the Comedy Central Top 100. And we're going to do our own list afterwards. We're just going over it right now. Uh, Dennis Leary, number fifty. Not my cup of tea. And I'm going to tell you something, man. I-, I say this. I've said this before on my stand-up. When I've done shows where in front of predominantly white audiences versus predominantly black audiences, I always say there really is a difference in the way we respond to humor. Like, I notice white crowds, you guys applaud effort. Like, if a comic don't really say nothing funny, but he put a lot of work and energy in the joke, maybe goes on a profanity-laced rant, white crowds tend to go, woo, like they're applauding your work, your effort. When a lot of times, there's no real funny there. It's just a rant. It's just a rant. Like, it, it, when you really look at the material and you listen to it, show me, like they said that old saying back in the 80s, where's the beef? Yeah. Show me the meat. What was funny? What was really genuinely funny? It just you, you there was a lot of energy, a lot of passion, a lot of talking. Maybe you raised your voice, you screamed it for about good thirty seconds. Motherfucker And I go, All that that you just spewed, where was the funny? And white people simultaneously will give that an applause break. Because they said and a I lot think, of words. And I think Dennis Leary is one of them dudes. But black audiences will a, a, a rant black audience will respond to a rant though when it, it, but there's got to be funny to it okay. we ain't just going to respond to respond if we respond we respond for a reason and that's the beauty of black audiences when we like you and we laugh oh we laugh 
we we fall all out the chairs. We do somersaults. We get up and do a fucking three lap circle around the club. Black audiences, when they laugh, they they fulfill your comedic ego. Half the time when I walk, when I after I get done opening for you and I go sit in the audience, I'm not watching you. I'm watching the crowd. Oh, it's it's an event. It's like being in church, black church. Yeah, I, I remember I did the Star Dome in, in Alabama, and it was I was killing on stage. And at one point, uh, I heard a black dude yell out. Once the crowd started to die down, nigga, you good. <laughs> <laughs> and it was the way he said it because the timing was perfect it was just the crowd was dying down you could hear people ooh, oh, 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 oh boy shit nigga you good and I was like oh, alright that's what's up uh, no I really enjoy hanging out with your crowd uh, it's, it, this has been some of the best time um, number 49 and this one's important to me uh, Freddie Prince he did stand up, right? He did stand. That's where he got discovered. Yeah, he was doing yeah, stand up. Yeah, he was a comedy yeah, store yeah. comic. I got to do some homework, man. Dude, listen. Here's the thing: though. the the reason I have a hard time even putting him in the top fifty though is because mm-hmm. the 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 span of comedy was very very short. Mm-hmm. Uh, he came in, he hit it, he was big, and he got that. He was on a show. I don't. I think it was ABC. Chico and the Man. I remember mm-hmm. the show. I don't. I think it was ABC. And then he uh, he checked out. He checked himself out. But you know, being Mexican dude. And a Jewish dude, which is a mm-hmm. weird combination. Uh, but having him come up was it was important to me as a little kid to see him on that show, and I loved that show, and I knew his a little bit of his comedy. Mm-hmm. It, it was important to me, so I really liked this dude. Well, he was groundbreaking for his time because you know there was hardly any black people on TV, yeah. and it damn sure wasn't any Latinos. Well, so he was like the Jackie Robinson. Black of- people on TV, it's, it goes like these weird cycles because on. It was the there was the there was the mod squad. There was room two twenty two. There was a bunch. We were on TV, but but not like we are now. Yeah, but don't, but the, but then all of a sudden, no one, no black no black dudes were on TV. No, on yeah, TV white, for a white, while. Pe- white people like niggas in waves. In waves. In yeah, waves. We, we they don't like us all c- gathered together. No, there was the Jeffersons. Remember then there yeah. were Jeffersons and Good Times. Yeah, and then nothing, nothing again. Give them niggas a break. And we 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 feel like <laughs> being around y'all again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we get summoned when, when white folks want to see it. Go grab, feel, grab the niggas. Tell we them we feel in. a little culturally inept, and we have to get like, very yeah, bring the black yeah, dudes back in. Like, we, we like, you know, we like a, a, a particular <laughs> desire for white people. You know what? I'm in the mood for niggas tonight. You want, anybody want some niggas? Let's, get, let's go get some niggas tonight. Uh, uh, 48, Tim Allen. Uh, and from what I hear, Tim Allen is gangster. Yeah. Like that image you saw of him on that show, Home Improvement. Uh-huh. This motherfucker's gangster. That ain't really who he is. I don't know for sure. That's just what I've heard. Yeah, you know. He came I, from a gangster past. Yeah, listen, I, I could take him or leave him. You know, seemed like a cool dude, but I'd be lying to you if I said I broke my neck to watch Home Improvement every week. No, but he, his stand-up, though, was good. It was yeah. It was based on it. I don't, um, I don't know. I don't know. Until I do my list, I don't know where I put him. Uh, again, people people aren't going to know uh, Henry Youngman. Henny Youngman. Henry, oh yeah, Henry Youngman. Sorry. Yeah, he came, again, he came from that Badoom Boom era. Yeah. When dudes really told actual jokes. Guy walks into a bar, and he says, you know, he comes from that yeah. era. Yeah. The Caskills. Yeah, that's that, those were was at the Roaring Twenties. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, it's a little later than that. I know. Uh, um, yeah, I, I I couldn't feel that at all. Uh, it's going to be hard for me to put him up there, but we'll, we'll see where he, if he fits And he's in. above D.L. Hewley. Yeah. Yeah, white privilege yeah. don't exist. Tell me. No, that's old age privilege right there. That's the best white privilege the there white is? white old age privilege. That's I'm not, old money. Yeah. you got to throw some other things in there. It's that's just not... Old, uh, that's an old uh, 20. Yeah, that's someone who just learned how to use the computer and voted for him. Um, <laughs> Adam Sandler, 46. Uh, now, he did do comedy. Yeah, his comedy was too weird for me. Um I have a hard time because he's not known for being a stand-up. That wasn't his. Mm-hmm. And we've got some other people. We've talked about this in the past. If they're not now, he's doing stand-up. I know he's doing stand-up. But that's not what he really was. Not not his not his blood and bones. Uh, and he's one of the biggest movie stars. He's made some movies that that I, that, I, that I got into. But as a stand-up, are you going to put him at forty-six on the list of hundred as a stand-up? Nah, this is pure nah, stand-up. No, no, no. All right, let's move on then. Uh, Forty-five, Richard Lewis. I don't know what the right word is, but white people, you got this thing y'all do that he does to perfection. I don't know what the word is. I know there's some technical term for it, 
it's like it's like when you go manic. Watch, yeah, maybe I when I watch a stand up, I just get the feeling that I'm just watching somebody talk to a shrink for an hour. I, I'm not gonna lie. That's part of the reason why I do what I do. Because of him? No, because it, was, it, 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 it relieves me of the fucking whatever the things are in my head. Right. And I said it, and people, th- people uh, I mean, that's an old joke about it's therapy, but it really is. There is a, a therapeutic part of getting these things right. out of your head. I, 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 I don't know. I, I still think that's him. I still think that it is who he is. Yeah. Uh, but 45, that might be a little high. For me, uh, uh, for you, from, from I think that's a little high for Richard right. Right. Uh because he he comes and goes in this in this uh, in this business right. as well as stand up. We got. I'm looking at this list on your computer. We got three minutes before the podcast is done. Okay, and I see my man right there, yeah. and I'm disgusted. Yeah, well, just he is at that number. Wait, wait, 44, Joan uh, Rivers. Let's hurry up and get to that, him because th- this might take all three minutes. Uh, yes, sir. Joan higher Rivers. Or lower? She's fine. I would give her higher. She's just, Based on she's a little groundbreaking. Yeah, yeah. So and she had a talk. She was on TV. Was but I think TV. where she is is groundbreaking. Is groundbreaking okay. for who she was. Okay, let's get to where you want to be right now. Forty three. David Chappelle. This motherfucker is at forty three. Whoever made this list should be strangled with it. This man is a god for what he's done, for his ability. You talk about skill set. This Bugs Bunny looking motherfucker is the shit. And you got people have to understand how long he's been doing this. I mean, he started at fourteen. He is one of the like he has more time in this mm-hmm. than probably uh, Henny Youngman. Right. I mean, for like the amount of time, relevant yeah. time doing comedy. Yeah, and he's 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 everybody knows Dave is the truth uh, from his from his stand up. Look, this man turned down fifty million dollars to then sign a deal to get sixty. He won the game, and and he didn't have to pull a Barry Sanders and walk away. No, he pulled a – oh, no, I'm not going to remember his name. Frank Sinatra. He did it his way. Yeah, yeah, and, and uh, God, like Dave is just one of them comics where you feel like no matter what you write, that's great. No matter what kind of set you have, that's phenomenal. You go and look at Dave, and you go, man, I ain't shit. Dude, you, we were talking the other day, and uh, – you went to do uh, say something Davish, mm-hmm. and and you you moved your body, mm-hmm. and I knew you were doing Dave before you even said a word. <laughs> That's how strong Dave is, just from a shoulder movement. Let me tell you something, man. When you watch my show, you're gonna see if you really know comedy, you're gonna see two 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 different comics DNA run through me, a little bit of Dave, and a little bit of Patrice. I always say if comedy was music, Dave is like jazz. He's just easy, poised. He takes his time. There's a sophistication to it. There's an elegance to it. You know, when Dave moves, man, he, you know, he takes his time. You know, he don't rush anything. Just, he's Dave. You know, it's just, yeah. it, there's, a, there's a fluidity to it that's so smooth, and it looks effortless. And, and, and the reason I like that you use jazz is because jazz doesn't have any rules, like the best jazz doesn't mm-hmm. have rules, mm-hmm. and Dave has no rules when he does his comedy. Jazz is it, sexy, man. It's and, Dave, and, and when Dave is Dave and he's doing his thing to his rhythm, it's sexy, man. Because you you could see a dude being an artist. Whereas I'm telling you now, some comics you watch and you feel it being forced. You feel them going. I'm a comedian. Feeling telling a joke. I'm, I'm 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 putting on my physical comic stuff. And Dave, like his his, his, his the, the Netflix special that he did in Texas, where he's got his foot up on the speaker, and the way he's just leaning, and you know he's just he's talking to the crowd, man, and he says things, and then he changes his posture, and 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 it just comes out, and it's fucking, it's brilliant, man. The thing that's brilliant to me about him is things that he says, like, especially like that, that special you're talking about. He said something maybe three minutes, four minutes, five minutes earlier that had no real understanding or purpose to the story other than right. it's part of the story. Right. Five minutes later, that makes the joke work. Yeah. Five minutes later. Well, the like, whole the whole on that first Netflix special that he shot in L.A., the whole the third time I met O.J. Simpson. The way he spreads that out, 
brilliant. The Bill Cosby, he rapes, but he saves. That's where you look at. That's where you look and you go. That's writing, man. That is a mind and great writing. That is a blank canvas, and the stroke of the brush is being controlled by Picasso. Like that. That just and you marvel at that because you you wonder, a can you be that good? Can you do that? And even if you can, can you do it with as much consistency? There's some guys where you look at their set. If they're on stage for an hour, 15 minutes is good, really. They might have two jokes that borders brilliant, maybe just one, and the rest is just filler. Dave, like any great person that holds a mic, has your attention from the time they say hello to the time they say goodnight. I never heard anybody go, I went to a Prince concert. Yeah. Uh, 15 minutes was dull. Prince rocks you, would rock you from beginning to end. Michael Jackson, from beginning to end. Comedically, rappers, you, you, you buy a Jadakiss album, if there's 20 songs on it, maybe one, two are ones you kind of skip, but the rest of that album is fire. Jay-Z, he's in that, man. Dave, Dave, Dave stands on stage for an hour, hour and a half, and you might go, nah, that didn't do it for me. Maybe. Patrice's elephant in the room, the only weak part of that special to me that didn't really do it for me was when he was talking about the sick animals. The animals. That part, I kind of, he loses me a little bit. But other than that, that fucking thing is tight. Mm. All right. We talked about that nigga like he died. No. Uh, so let, okay, so forty-three. You're gonna say that's in the right place? Hell no. <laughs> Let me tell you something. The only reason why I won't give Dave number one is because we know who number one is. Yeah, that is the Michael Jordan of, of comedy. Because that's he, the Godfather. Because he made that happen. Yeah, he made he he gave every comic, every black comic, the blueprint on black white material. Yeah, we won't even say his name if you don't know the name. Then that's all right. Fuck yourself. Uh, we're done now. We're gonna end it there. No, we got. We got. We just got. Dude, get... it's four forty. So, oh, we got. Yeah, we we four minutes over. That's why I kept looking at the thing because I know when we do this list, it's at least twenty minutes. Okay, we're gonna. Okay. So we'll, what do we do? How many did we do? We're at forty two. We only need to do three more. You want to do the three or not? Fuck it. Let's do it. We're gonna run a little okay, late. No, it's it's not gonna be bad. Uh, <laughs> forty two. Flip Wilson. Uh, again, for his time, groundbreaking. Because <clears throat> that was that era where, again, when a lot of black talent on television. No. And and he kind of set up. And you had to be white to be on television. Right. And and he was black. He was a black man who was really black who was able to gather uh, a white following right. without having to change who he who he really was. But he, he set the blueprint for all things Jamie Foxx's Wanda, Martin Lawrence's uh-huh. Shanae he was the first. Yeah. Geraldine. Yeah. Before Medea. And I mean, look, men in drag have always been a go-to in comedy. But I don't remember anybody else, black, male, that wore a dress. And please, can we stop this fucking bullshit about somehow it is demeaning for a black man to wear a dress in comedy? That is an old comic go-to move. Men in drag is just funny. It's got nothing to do with demeaning black men. If you think black men are being demeaned, well, fuck it. Sign me up. Let me do Martin Lawrence's Big Mama and get that paycheck. Let me do Eddie Murphy, Grandma and Mama Clump and get that paycheck. Let me do Medea and get that paycheck. To them niggas that go, that's demeaning. I bet you if you had them two commas on your check from that demeaning, supposedly demeaning shit, you be talking about, hey, you know, and whatever else sayings all them girls, them, them women characters got. All right. Uh, so but what, do, what do you think about him at 42? Uh, maybe a tad bit higher. Okay, number uh, forty-one, John Stewart. Uh, respect the hell out of John, dude. He's a beast. I seen him on in stand up way mm-hmm. right after he had that MTV show. Yeah, man, he crushed. I never seen someone crush like yeah. that at that age. Uh, forty, Mort Saul. Could that sound any more Jewish? No, it can't. I can taste the matzo ball soup and crackers in my mouth. Uh, you'd want some if you could really taste Mort it. Mort Man, he was, dude. He was awesome, though. Yeah, I mean, he still is awesome. But I mean, I, you just don't hear about him. He, the, the dude is funny. Yeah. 
from that back in the day joke time. But don't boom. All right. We'll leave it right there. Yeah, it is. All right. Um, again, we're going to be in uh, Brea next week. Yeah, Brea, this? California. And uh, finally getting out those south. Uh, yeah. Yeah, we didn't even talk about this. I'm going to be at Crackers with you later. We're going to talk about that, too, next next podcast. Okay. Crackers. Crackers? No. Crackers? Oh, no. We're, that's in Indianapolis. No. Where are we going to be? Are you talking about Chuckles? Chuckles. That's what I was thinking about. Oh, yeah. Okay. Well, we'll just... Uh, <laughs> uh, so we're going to be at Brea, and then um, we'll leave it at that. We're going to be at Brea, and please, find, please, send, us, please send us your uh, evaluation of uh, your top whatever. at uh, You can hit Aries on his Twitter. Uh, Aries Spears. Email Aries Spears 45 at Hotmail. And again, uh, uh, subscribe to my Pandora, Aries Spears, and my YouTube, Aries Spears, and hit the subscribe button. Uh, put some money in a nigga pocket. And you can find me on andycomedy.com. You can uh, go to my Instagram, which is andycom. Uh, I think it's Andy Steinberg, Andy Comedy. It's on my. Uh, AndyComedy.com. You can find my Instagram. I like the Instagram the best. Uh, but please, uh, you can also find us on YouTube under uh, Spears and Steinberg. And uh, that's another way to listen to us. So uh, I appreciate you guys listening. Anything? Mazel tov. See ya.